And in dry fire training with this, uh, you're probably looking at somewhere around 31, 3,200 shots. That's mathematically. A of, that's a lot of practice. Uh, that's a lot of practice for $7 worth of gas. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 94 of For the Love of Guns. Thank you for joining Team Bench today as we talk to John Cathcart from Cool Fire. Now, Cool Fire is an awesome solution to your dry fire needs. But before we talk to John, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Look, I love the hand quality Falco Holsters. But did you know that they do more? That's right. They even do EDC belts. This is my EDC belt, and it's a Falco belt. This was handmade for me. And it's nice and stiff, and it's all the quality that you would expect from Falco. Go check out Falco holsters, because they can make a holster for any gun, for every budget, without sacrificing quality. And this episode is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. Now, you've probably heard of an IRA. Well, they came up with something kind of like an IRA, and I coined it the ARA. So what's an ARA? It's an ammunition retirement account. So it works like an IRA where, you know, an IRA, they take a little bit of money out and put it in and invest it. And then when you retire, you can pull the money back out. Well, with an ammo retirement account, they take a little bit of money out. You tell them how much to pull out every month or whatever. And they invest it in ammo. And then you can pull your ammo out when you need to. Unlike an IRA, you have early withdrawal problems. No, you just pull the money, you pull that right out in ammo. But if ammo prices skyrocket and you need some money, sell the ammo back at the higher price. So definitely check out Ammo Squared. It's a really, really, really cool solution. Now with the bills paid, it's time to talk to John. John, tell me about your love of guns. My name is John Cathcart. I'm a production and facilities manager at Cool Fire Trainer in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, John, we kind of met, uh, actually, we met at SHOT this year. Um, it, was a, it was a great time spending, you know, time with you at the booth. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule because, you know, we were just talking offline and you're like moving production facilities and all kinds of stuff. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your, out of your schedule. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, we're going to start off with a little Ask the AI question. So I asked ChatGPT a couple of questions about dry fire, and okay. we're going to see if they got it right. Let's go for the, it. The first question I asked it was, what would someone uh, remember when doing dry fire training? So what would you think that, think that someone should remember when they're doing dry fire training? To ensure that the weapon is unloaded and safe. Okay. Be, I would hope, number one. All right. So what what ChatGPT came up with was always ensure that your gun is unloaded. <laughs> so they got that one right. Safety should always be a top priority when handling firearms, even if you're just practicing without live ammunition. So it's kind of cool, you know, playing with these questions. We're finding out that it's actually pretty pretty darn close on some of these things the second question i asked chat chat pt uh, G, wow i can talk um it's a cough meds really get, getting to be here how does dry fire training help with shooting a firearm 
Dry fire training helps with shooting a firearm and developing muscle memory uh, through repetitive action. So, ChatGPT came up with develop muscle memory. Dry fire training allows you to repeat the same movements and actions over and over again, which helps develop muscle memory. These AIs are getting kind of scary, aren't they? Kind of scary. Yeah, that's uh, that's right up there with creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I think we're seeing Skynet start right here. You know. Yeah, this is. We're going to end up with Terminators. There's no doubt about it. And the last thing I asked it was, "What's the best thing about the cool fire training for a dry, uh, trainer for dry fire practice?" Okay, this ought to be interesting. The I hope Chat GPT is listening. The best thing about using cool fire trainer for dry fire training practice is you get the benefits of dry fire training with the addition of recoil you have recoil management sight picture disruption trigger reset but you're doing it in your own host weapon your own personally owned firearm so chat gpt wrote a book on cool fire trainer here okay <laughs> the, the cool fire trainer is an innovative device that allows you to practice dry fire shooting with a with a recoil activated laser that mimics the feel of live fire there are several benefits of using the cool fire trainer for dry fire practice, but one of the best things about it is that it provides a more realistic training experience than traditional dry fire practice. Nice. With the cool fire with the cool fire trainer, you can simulate recoil and noise, which not really the noise, but you do get kind of a little bit of a blast out of it. Sure. Of live fire which will help you build muscle memory and develop skills necessary to shoot accurately and quickly. And then it goes on and on and on. But what's really funny is, is that ChatGPT knows about cool fire. That uh, in and of itself is uh, mildly unnerving and uh, extremely <laughs> impressive. Both at the same so, time. Uh, right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's cool and scary at the same time, right? Right. Um, exactly. Because I asked, uh, asked ChatGPT uh, last week, tell me about the Rogue Banshee, which is you know, mm -hmm. my channel and, and YouTube or my YouTube channel and my, my webpage. And it was scary accurate about the content that I produce. Um, so this thing gets kind of scary, the, which is kind of why I bring this, this segment into this thing. Cause it's really weird to catch on that. This thing is, is knowing about the stuff that we're talking about. Right. And uh, the things that we're talking about, we're talking about them so that other people know about them. And uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Scary. So now that we got Ask the AI out of the, out of the, the way, let's talk a little bit about Cool Fire. Because Cool Fire is, you know, I, so for everybody in the audience, everybody that's watching, um, these are unloaded. And uh, for everybody listening, you won't care because you won't see what I'm doing anyway. Um, so the one thing I have with dry fire is that, you know, when I'm practicing, right, and I squeeze, I have to reset each time, right? right? So the one thing I realized one time is and I do a lot of dry fire in the house here. The problem I have is I'm starting to build a muscle memory of squeeze rack instead of yep. concentrating mm -hmm. on the second shot. 
Yeah. Just like this. Just like that. And you build that muscle right. memory up. I mean, it's great that you're starting to learn the trigger control. But, but it's a training scar. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the one thing that's that, that I really like about the cool fire because you're starting to take that whole training scar away from the shooter. Exactly. And you're doing it actually with the firearm that we'll be using. Right. So it's not like I have like a cert gun, which is, you know, a bogus gun that kind of shoots a laser and stuff like I actually can take my, the gun that I shoot for competition or my everyday carry convert it over and actually practice with it. Right. Exactly. That's the beauty so, of it is that uh, this is my firearm. Everything about it is my firearm with the exception of the cool fire barrel and spring rod installed. So, and that's basically as long as you know how to field strip your firearm, you can install right. cool fire, correct? Exactly. Exactly. And I'll demonstrate that as soon as I get and uh, just how quickly it can be done. So while I was playing that, I'm already back to factory barrel. It, and that's there. the funny thing is, is just in a couple of minutes of me talking about the training scar, you convert you you put the tool fire system into your gun, and now you converted it back to a gun, and you're converting it back to cool fire. Just that fast. Just that fast. Just like that. There it is. You see, that that's the coolest thing about it. And the other thing I like about it is it's impossible to introduce ammunition to the gun now. It is, in fact, impossible. There is no chamber, as you can see uh, from that angle. There is no chamber. There is nowhere for ammunition to go. Uh, I believe it's been tried on uh, influencer videos, things like that, uh, live on video. They did try it out on a in a closed, uh, secure environment. It did jam up exactly like it would, and uh, there's just no way to introduce ammunition. It's perfectly safe. You see, and that's the whole thing is we, we, we want to make sure everything is safe, especially when we're handling a firearm, you know, exactly. and now we're talking about, now we're talking about handling a firearm outside of a range environment, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, everybody goes through the safety rules, make sure there's no ammunition in the area, but I am still using my firearm with my magazines. Right. Um, and that's kind of, that's where the safety factors come in. Um, so much so, like, um, after the, the fatal shooting on the set of Rust, exactly. Hollywood kind of went nuts about, we're, gonna, we're not going to use these guns anymore. We're going right. to use airsoft and stuff like that. And then, well, Cool Fire said, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. I mean, yeah, we, we use slide lock inhibitors for, uh, you know, instances where the magazine might be pertinent to the training for uh, reload training, things like that. We use a uh, slide lock inhibitor, this orange piece, that allows the slide to cycle over the empty mag. So. So, so yeah, basically that pushes that, um, uh, the, not the floor plate, um, 
uh, the following down. Yeah, right. it pushes that 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 down, so the slide stop never engages. Exactly. So that way, I mean, really, I guess if you needed to, you could you could put some metal. You know, you could take that mag apart, put some metal into it to have a weighted mag sure to really could. simulate the 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 actual reload. I have heard every uh, you know every method of that under the sun up to this point. I've heard of uh, folks that have reloading equipment, reloading dummy rounds uh, with dirt, uh, you know, instead of gunpowder, no primers, thing, uh, fill in the primer cavity with epoxy, you know, in a bright color so that they can tell they're inert. Uh, it's probably one of the more creative uh, that I've heard of. Yeah, because that's, uh, that's the thing is we're trying to get we're trying to get as much as realistic training as we can. And exactly. The cool and fire system no, is the closest to it. There is nothing more you can do with your firearm. Uh, shorter foot and live ammunition in it. You know, this is the this is the tip of the dry fire training spear. This is it. Now, now dry fire has been out for a while. I mean, uh, how many years has dry fire been out now? I don't even know. Uh, years I mean, years before I, mean, I ever started before this i mean it's it's one of those things of i mean cool fire's been out since i mean dry fire's been around for a long time a hundred really, years because they were doing it yeah, with revolvers exactly but really dry fire training didn't become popular until you know the past three or four years right um, there's a, the a lot of big names well there's a lot of big names uh, in the firearm community that advocate uh, see the benefit of and uh, actually practice quite a bit with dry fire training, and it's uh, it's taken it's taken on a presence that's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's you know when ammunition prices went really stupid high, right? Um, you know when you start talking about you know, I mean gosh nine millimeter went to almost a dollar around there for a little bit. Um, exactly, it's it's cheaper to do dry fire to get your fundamentals down. Well, it is to, you figure, you know, this tank holds about $7 worth of CO2. And in dry fire training with this, uh, you're probably looking at somewhere around 31, 3,200 shots. Mathematically. That's a lot of, a lot of practice. Uh, that's a lot of practice for $7 worth of gas. Yeah. Now, you can use, so that's CO2. Now, yes. there's two, there's two. Con uh, containers that you can use. You can use like the the soda maker containers. You can, you can use the in-home soda parts. tanks. Uh, and there's a third. There's also uh, a 90 gram uh, BB gun cylinder, air rifle cylinder. Uh, several different companies make them. Uh, it's a disposable, you know, eight inch long cylinder that uh, we also manufacture the puncture device adapter uh, for those as well. Wow, that. See, that's really kind of thinking because you can go down to your local big box store to get the stuff to recharge, you know, the sure. fire. Yeah, you but can you, uh, you can run your system out of, uh, you know, any of your major uh, retailers that deal in in-home soda technology. Gosh, I see, see, that's, that's the coolest thing because it used to be, you know, I live in Montana. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to get paintball canisters refilled with CO2 here. Sure. Uh, it's not impossible, but it's kind of hard. 
but it's certainly not as easy as just going down to Walmart and picking up a canister of, of you know, soda stuff. Right, right. And then just keep on going. Right. Now, if you buy the, the Cool Fire system, it, it's other than the recharge port, it, you really don't care whether it's going to be a, a CO2 cartridge from a canister for a paintball gun or a soda maker thing, correct? It's CO2. Um, CO2 is uh, exactly that, CO2. It doesn't matter the source. Uh, volume uh, has uh, some effects. The, uh, the, you know, the prescribed pressure that it takes to operate this system uh, is affected by temperature. Um, it's affected by volume. So a, a lot of our tanks, the ones we use in-house, have a temperature strip. Okay. Uh, similar to a fish tank. And yep. as you can see, this one's down around 68 degrees here in this room, uh, which generally speaking would be a little too cold at the weight of the tank because this one's probably about half full. Uh, at this weight, I would uh, normally run this up to 83, 85 degrees. That would uh, increase the temp or uh, pressure rather in the cool fire unit, uh, giving you better performance, more shots per fill, because this is in fact not a barrel. It is a compressed cylinder. It is closed on yep. both ends. So Now, to heat that up, are you just like hugging it with your body? I mean, how, how do you heat that canister up? That is that is one method. Uh, you can cuddle with your tank if, uh, if, if you so choose. Uh, hot water works. Uh, I use a digitally controlled coffee cup warmer. Uh, oh, there you go. Real nice yeah. way of doing it because you can regulate it. Uh, we also have a uh, a hot box, basically, so to speak. It's uh, just drugstore heating pads wired into a uh, pelican type case and insulated. We use it at trade shows where we'll line the tanks up and plug it in, turn it on, let it warm up, and that'll keep our gas warm all day. Uh, you know, in more uh, sunny climates, you can put this in a windowsill, uh, yeah. stick it outside, uh, things like that. There's any way you can introduce heat as long as you can eat semi-regulate it and not overheat the tank. Uh, works great. So, so basically, as long as you can heat that thing safely, you're good to mm -hmm. go. Right. Awesome. Now... With the cool fire system, there's a lot of options to it because you have the cool fire system and then you can have a laser put on the front because one of the things I like to do is, um, you know, I have all kinds of like laser trainers that I play mm -hmm. with. So you can also get an optional laser put into it. Just like that. That is, now, is one that of our just, laser options. Does it just screw into the front of the barrel then? This is our muzzle laser, screw-on muzzle laser. It's a standalone uh, uh, laser device that is vibration activated. We have uh, two other uh, configurations. One is about an uh, inch and a half long. We call it a rapid fill adapter. The laser would be in the front. And because this covers the fill port, on the rapid fill adapter, that moves the fill port out underneath the laser. Okay. The extended shot version is about three and a half, four inches long. It looks uh, more like a small suppressor and the fill ports on the side. The laser is still in the end. 
So three different configurations there, and we make those invisible red, infrared, and uh, the two larger devices. We also make uh, what we call blind, no laser. They're just for added capacity, uh, more recoil, or uh, more shots. More shots. Right. So, so now with that, with that laser there, you could almost just use your regular holster then. Sure, to, sure. To, if you have an open bottom, exactly, yep. an open bottom holster, or a holster that is designed for threaded barrel, uh, this laser will generally drop right through. And uh, as that, far as you know, for reference, that's how far it sticks yeah, out. It's about one inch long. It's it almost looks like a thread uh, thread protector right there. Exactly, it's about the same diameter as a thread protector. Was that designed on purpose like that, or is it just? I believe, yeah. A, a happy accident. We'll call it design. We'll call it design. Yeah, <laughs> purposely designed. You guys knew that that was going to be a thing. We knew that was coming. Sure. Yeah. Um, so now you, you said you have the regular, you know, the red and the the uh, the infrared. Um, mm -hmm. Now most most of us in the civilian world. We think of red, you know, so we're going to be shooting the the reactive targets, right. like the strike man and that type of stuff. Now, sure. when would you use the infrared stuff? I don't know if you can see that fire on camera or not. But, uh, the infrared uh, diode that we manufacture would be used for in-home simulator type systems. The home-based simulators, a lot of the camera-based, you know, cell phone-based apps that track laser hits on a target, uh, a lot of those will pick up, depending on the camera and the frame rate of the camera and the phone, will pick up infrared. The added benefit to that, should your phone be able to, you know, achieve that, the added benefit is there is no red dot to see. It's yeah. another, you know along certain levels that'd be another training scars looking for that dot so yeah. uh shooting an electronic system without a dot uh, basically all you have is your sight picture that just takes that whole realistic to the next level on that point exactly because that because that's you know it's funny i never really thought about that but i think about my dry fire training i get targets up here in the studio um mm -hmm. I'm chasing that red dot that's hitting mm -hmm. the laser. I, I, I know that I'm doing that. Um, right. And hoping that that's, you know, I, it's great because I get instant feedback and I don't need a camera to do, you know, to see it. But right. it's, not, it's not realistic. See, you know? I'm chasing a green dot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Looking for the um, green dot. You bet. And, and it's funny because that's... Uh, that's really a thing when you start working with optics, you know, like my, my competition gun has a red dot on it. You mm -hmm. are chasing, you are literally chasing the red dot, looking for another red dot that's going to appear for a fraction of a second on the wall. Exactly. So if you go infrared there, you get it dialed in correctly, uh, get it aligned to your sight picture, point of aim, point of impact. Uh, then you shoot your sight picture. Your training can't get any more realistic than that. Where is your biggest market for this? Is it is it in the civilian world? Or are you seeing some military and law enforcement? Well, we have uh, we have uh, we have several different uh, customer bases. The competition shooting world is a huge customer base uh, for us. The concealed carry world 
is growing as a customer base for us. But we have, uh, since the beginning, always had that law enforcement military customer base, duty guns. Uh, you know, the cool fire trainer, because it fits in, you know, the host firearm that is your firearm. It's not a mimic. It's not a replica. The competition shooters want it for their guns. The law enforcement shooters want it for their guns. And, the, you know, subsequently, a lot of uh, your law enforcement and uh, competition shooters all have carry guns that they, you know, they're concealed carry guns. So a lot of our customer bases are, you know, mixed together and intermingled, but uh, there are three distinct customer bases there. Now I'm going to bring up the web page really quick here. Mm -hmm. um, so you do need to have, you know, you, I mean, obviously this is not a one size fits all thing. This is not, not a drop-in barrel because you have a you have a barrel, a spring, a recoil spring, and all that stuff. But really, you have your 1911s, your 2011s, uh, your Beretta 92s, and I believe I saw in there 96s. Mm -hmm. You picked up Canic. I mean, because Canic has come on really strong with their with their carry guns. Exactly. Um, I mean, you're you're hitting a lot really? of what people are using. Well, we're uh, we're constantly, you know, making new models and uh, trying to branch out and push it, push the envelope further into, you know, the different communities, the different customer bases. Uh, we got some real exciting releases coming up in uh, in less than a month at the NRA show. Uh, I'll be releasing uh, nine models at the NRA show in hand, and those those nine models uh, are. I would have to say in the 95 plus percent of the concealed carry community, I'm releasing the SIG 365, the XL, the Macro, the Spectre, the Springfield Hellcat, the Hellcat Pro, the Glock 43, the 43X, and the 48. Yeah, you're hitting all the, you're hitting all the just, new carry guns that are on the We're just dumping them right all at once. We're gonna do it. We're gonna dump them all at once, and uh, we'll have them there in hand. See, and that's that's what I like about seeing that you're coming out. This is this is not like, hey, we made it for three brands, and if you don't have right. this, you know, tough. That's what I like about because one of the things I had a problem with going through, um, you know, 2019 to 2020, 2021. We all know what happened during those years. Um, mm -hmm. everybody rushed out to get their gun. You know, we, we kept on hearing the statistic of, um, you know, the 5 million brand new gun owners. Exactly. And, and my, my thing when that was going on was like, great. You know, I, I love that we have new firearm owners, but there's no ammunition. So they bought their right. gun and their token one box of ammo and they've never used their gun. Right. Or, or you have people who went out and bought their first gun, but it might not be socially acceptable in their state. Uh, or, yeah, exactly. New York, Jersey. <laughs> um, exactly. And, and they're afraid to be outed as a gun owner. Exactly. So they're not using their gun. They're not training. They are not learning, you know. And that's what this, that's what I love about the system because I mean, it, it, it's not, it's not a replacement for live fire. 
There, there's no replacement for live fire. But this is the closest thing that I've seen this to is, replace that live fire. Exactly. This is, uh, I mean, like I keep saying, uh, tell other people, this is this is the tip of the spear for dry fire training. You can't do anything more with your firearm. You can't, you know, click rack your way into perfection. You need movement. You need feedback. Now, it's, you know, going back to the new the new devices that you're releasing at, at NRAM, mm-hmm. um, which we were, it was funny, we were trying to schedule you right around NRAM and trying to get you in. And because you've been busy, I mean, not only just with the moves, you've been busy getting ready for shows, coming exactly. off a shot, coming on the NRAM. Um, I can't remember, were you at uh, the great, great American Outdoor Show or? No, I was not. I, uh, the last two. In the last month and a half, I think, uh, were the Gundys down in Uvalde, Texas. Oh, that's then, that's that's what it was. We were trying to schedule when you were at the Gundys. Yeah, and then yep, just did right. uh, Ilita a week ago. There you go. Yeah. In St. Louis. So I mean, this is this is all. I mean, you're you're out there going. We have a solution for everybody. Doesn't we matter do. who you are. We have a solution for you to to make you a better shooter. Do, do you do. see do you see a lot of new shooters talk to you at oh absolutely show? absolutely uh you know uh at the gundys for instance uh you know i had very 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 seasoned and experienced pro shooters that had never seen or heard of this uh step up to the booth and you know look at the camera and say you know i've got to have this i've got to have this now and at the same time, I, you know, the very next person that stepped up has never seen or heard of it, but they've only been a firearm owner for a month or two months or whatever it is. And like you said, you know, that's in their circles or in their uh, locate, geographic locations, it wasn't necessarily socially acceptable to be out training with it or out shooting it. So, you know, they buy the gun to say they have it, put it under the bed with the box of ammo, and, you know, that's... That's gun ownership, uh, sad to say, in uh, in some places. And and that's that's the sad part about it is that the gun is a tool, right? This and the skill to use it is perishable. Exactly, all skills are perishable. I mean, if you bought a car at sixteen and then you parked it in a barn at forty five when you needed it, uh, your driving skills are not going to be stellar. No, you you know, no. You're, you're going to drive every day. I like I like how you transitioned that over to a car because that's really what everybody can relate with because well generally most adults have a driver's license and drive you know at least once a week exactly um, so yeah if you don't drive like you know I, I was I was just thinking about uh, today uh, my wife went to go do um, she went to go donate some stuff um, so we we have a we have a uh, 99 Dodge Durango that we loaded up last night with stuff for her donations. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's driven that truck in two years. Right. And she was just like, it's kind of weird. This is way driving. different than what I drive. Yeah. yeah. This this is way different than my, my Honda Civic. Right. Yeah. So. I drive a, I drive a lifted Jeep and, uh, exactly. Whenever I get behind the wheel of something else, uh, you know, over this uh, last weekend, I got behind the wheel of a BMW uh, for a very short time, and that, uh, Quite a different that was bizarre. Experience. That was bizarre. Yeah. yeah, just just 
just probably not having the tire hum alone was different. Yeah, yeah it was real quiet in there. So, so and that's the thing is I, I like about this, and this is why I, I, I want people to understand this solution. And, you know, I, I, I've talked to people about it, and they're like, it's expensive. Mm -hmm. I go, but think about this. I mean, it, it costs money to shoot. It's going to exactly. cost you money to drive. It's going to cost you money to drive to the range. It's going to mm -hmm. cost you money for your range time. It's going to cost you money for your ammo. Right. How how expensive is this solution really become at that point? Especially if you're not going to practice out in the open. If you look at it from worst case scenario, um, the the costs associated with not having trained uh can you know be a be a figure that none of us want to imagine yeah. and exactly so you know training is it folks training you don't you're not born with uh you know a pilot's license you're not born with a driver's license you're not born with those skills you know those are motor skills that are uh that are learned that are honed that are developed that are perfected uh shooting you know, is one of those skills as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's absolutely true. Because, um, you know, for me, I've, gosh, I've been shooting since I was seven. Now, mm -hmm. am I a better shooter now than I was when I was seven? Sure. I, you know, I do competition shooting and stuff like that. Right. Uh, honestly, I haven't shot competition in three years now. Um, I have bad knees and it's a little hard to go running around a, you know, USPSA match with, with you know, where I'm pre, um, you know, I'm pre knee replacement right now. Right, a rotator but, cuff pulled pulled me out of it a couple of years ago. So there you go. I'm very I had, very um, familiar. On my show, it's funny because I have bad shoulders too. Because I've actually had uh, two bank carts on my right shoulder, where mm -hmm. just tightening up my deltoid, you could watch my shoulder just dislocate. Right. So it, it gets it gets really tough. I mean, um, uh, Julie Gollop just went mm -hmm. through rotator cuff and she does videos on Instagram of her recovery. Oh yeah. It's huge. I mean, that's, that's her livelihood right there is, is uh, you know, I'm like, you know, a majority of my recovery and rehab uh, after my rotator cuff surgery, uh, which was not very long ago is September. Um, I'm holding it. This yeah. was my rehab and therapy, drawing this from a holster and keeping going until I could draw. Because, like, for me, I have – basically, I have therapy every day. I have a whole mm -hmm. home program that uh, we're actually tweaking now. But, you know, for the knees and stuff to, to build everything up, I have this thing where I've got to, like, do these sidestep things. I sure. got side, side, and, and I got, like, these little side hops and stuff like that. Well, it sounds like line that, dancing to me. But... It, it, yeah, kind of, right? <laughs> um, so it's, it's one of those things of I'm like, all right, this is boring. I'm just going back and forth. I'm like, hey, this could be a lot like a USPSA match. Exactly. Let me put a let me put a target there. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit Start there moving. and I'm going to dry fire as I'm doing right. my physical therapy. Exactly. Get it all done at once. You know, incorporate your movements. Uh, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your movements. You know, focus on, you know, your your immediate everything and uh yeah i could see how 
you know, physical therapy on your knees, the shuffling and uh, sidestepping and things like that would definitely translate. Because, I mean, if we, if we go into, you know, if you bought your firearm for self-protection, mm-hmm. a lot of people, and this, this kind of drives me nuts, and I was th- this way for so long until I started competing. I started competing when I was 21. Um, you're used to an indoor range where you have walls right here, and you can't draw from a holster. It's right. you know, it's all not realistic. So we're tr- we're training people to defend themselves with a firearm, standing still in an unrealistic mm-hmm. situation. When they should be moving or screaming, communicating, yeah. getting attention. Yes, yeah. ducking. So, so if you're in this situation where this is where you train is in this little booth, mm-hmm. get get out of that booth at home and start get out of that mindset. Yeah. yeah. Get out of that mindset and then don't build, you know, it's great that we're doing dry fire at home, but don't build mm-hmm. the bad muscle memory of dry fire at the same time. Right. Exactly. Well, it's, you know, it all works together. It's, uh, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, chicken and peas in the soup. And, uh, when we want gumbo, it's a big yeah. recipe. There's a lot to it. And, you know, being in the gun range is uh, definitely a step up, uh, several step up from dry fire. But like you said, you're in a cubicle where you cannot draw, you cannot move. Uh, if you start trying to communicate, um, you're probably going to get the attention you don't want. Uh, you're going to probably <laughs> yeah. be removed. I managed a gun range right here in town for a few years. So, yeah, you. Uh, yeah, it's all part of the recipe: movement, communication, reloading, uh, drawn from a holster, drawn from concealment. You know, whatever it is your, you know, your choice of carry is, all of that is part of your recipe. And uh, in order to have uh, gumbo at the end, you definitely want to perfect every aspect of your dry fire and uh, training regimen. Now. Let me ask you this. So, mm-hmm. cool fire is for pistols. Currently. Rifles is kind of a different game, right? It is. It is. Uh, our parent company or sister company has been uh, the leader in that game for many years in the long guns, heavier weapons. Uh, they do the uh, MP5s, AK-47s, M16s, 240, 249. Uh, things like that, G36. That's all the military, that's all the military training right there, military right. and law enforcement. Right. Uh, hopefully in the near future. Uh, Nobody read into this. But hopefully in the <laughs> near future, I, uh, I'm hoping to see the first uh, AR kit for Cool Fire Trainer. See, that would be awesome because, uh, you know, I know – I know someone who who they, they you know they served in the U.S. Air Force. Mm-hmm. They qualified as marksmen and never shot one round because it's all CO two now. Right. Um, yep. I mean that's 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 our, parent, that's our I believe that's our parent company's product. I I think it is too. It's just one of those things of the military has gone to this. Mm-hmm. it's now funneling back into the civilian life. I mean, like a lot of things, you know, military and law enforcement comes into the civilian world. 
Sure. And, you know, really, anybody's having a hang up with this thing. Just realize the people who are protecting this country are using these type of products. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody wants military grade. Everybody wants yeah. military grade, except for the people that were in the military. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that. Uh, no, 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 not misfit. No, uh, <laughs> give me something better than that. No, uh, well, you know. Millspec has kept a lot of us alive for a long time, so, you know. Well, it, it's funny you say that because um, I used to live in Maryland. Just mm -hmm. um, Aberdeen Proving Ground was only like Been 25 there. miles away. All right, so Been you know there. where Aberdeen Proving Grounds. So I was just across the river in Cecil County there, and um, I remember going to a gun store, and this is my father picked up a bread in 92, mm -hmm. and there was, you know, it's a gun store just outside Aberdeen. You're going to have military people there, right? You bet. And uh, we're hearing them talk about the trials of the, of the M9, because they were the mm -hmm. ones that tried it, talk about the crack slides and stuff like that. Um, like they were like, we would buy the civilian version of the 92. We would not take the M9. Because, um, eh, I mean, a soldier, a sailor, Marine, or Airman can break anything anything yeah well, anything and that's but that's what these guys jobs were right at aberdeen mm -hmm. their job is to, to break it to fail yeah right yeah we're, we're gonna run it till it fails yep so i was active duty I think, yeah i i think they get in that whole mental thing of well i i've seen something happen really bad with this so I'll, that's the mil, military version i'd take the civilian version but you know right. i I've talked to people who were in Desert Storm where they're like, mm -hmm. we didn't oil our, we didn't oil our M9s. No. You couldn't. They would you can't. couldn't. Yeah, they you know, would that. attract dirt and dust. Yep. If it tells you how long ago I qualified, I qualified in boot camp with a 1911. So, so, what, so what, what, what service did you serve at? I was in the Navy. You were in the Navy? Yep. Awesome. Where'd you, where'd you go to boot camp? Orlando, Florida. In when there was a boot time. camp uh, in March, it was rough. Uh, yeah, in March. So, yeah, back when there was a boot camp in Orlando, Florida, I was there for that, and we qualified with 1911s. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. That's just awesome. That's, I, you know, it, with, with, it an so, honor. with the conversations we have, I, it's one thing I did not know about you. Yeah, it was an honor, and I, you know, I think I thank everybody for it. I remember, um, I remember my dad talking about uh, boot camp. He was in the Navy. Um, mm -hmm. so, so were my two grandfathers um, and two uncles. And, yeah, it was a pretty much a Navy family. Mm -hmm. um, but our, my, fa my father went through Great Lakes. Everybody, yeah. Great right. Lakes or San Diego? Or San Diego, right. So he went through Great Lakes. And I remember him saying uh, they had a couple, of, a couple of guys from the south who had never seen snow before, mm -hmm. right? So being boot camp, um, of course, you know these guys had never seen snow before, so they got they got to go play in snow while everybody else was marching. That the I think that I think you said the the novelty of snow wore off that night. I bet, uh, yeah, because I I can only imagine, uh, you know. Playing in the snow is not, no, that's not a boot camp function. And no. if anything turned as, uh, I assure you, was uh, not fun.
Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's great. Now, we've been running wow, uh, well over forty minutes here. Mm-hmm. Where can people find Cool Fire? I mean, how how do they buy this? Do they do they buy it online or do they buy it from dealers? Um, well, I thought you'd never ask. Outstanding. <laughs> uh, CoolFireTrainer.com is uh, our parent our native website. We have uh, distributors. Uh, if you're seeing this from, say, Canada, uh, check out gotenda.com. Uh, that's our Canadian distributor. And uh, currently, I think we're working on distributors in Europe and uh, possibly even South America at this point. So, wow, that, that's a pretty big footprint that you're starting to get now. I got big feet. I mean, what can I say? You got big feet. <laughs> you got big feet. You're going to use them, right? We're going to use them. So, so definitely everyone check out Cool Fire Trainer, um, cool that, fire and I'll have the link Just down below. Point. Yep, there you go. I'll have, for everybody watching or listening, I'll have the link down below. Um, so if you're driving, don't try to write this down. Just come back to the podcast, click the link in the description, it'll take you right to them, and then um, and then definitely check out the new stuff coming out because NRAM's only a couple of weeks away. It, tell me about it. <laughs> you're busy. <laughs> tell me you're about busy. It. So, so let me ask you this. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I ran into you at a shot, which, by mm-hmm. the way, you guys had a much better um, a much better place for your booth than you did the previous year. Oh, our, our, year, uh, kind of like in, this back in the corner, corner in the back. Exactly. Yeah. Back, uh, by the snack bar, uh, yeah. which, you know, in previous years for, uh, you know, a fledgling, uh, you know, entity. Uh, by the snack bar is about as good as you can get, and it wasn't horrible. Um, you know, out where we were at this year was a great location, uh, a lot of traffic. Uh, our new booth uh, turned out, you know, to attract the attention that we wanted. It was uh, big and loud, and, you know, it was a festival, that's for sure. It was. Um, now, how much time goes into preparing for a show, So, especially since you're preparing for NRAM right now? I mean... That's got to take. That's got to eat up a lot of time and resources. It does. It does. The uh, booth and uh, fixtures and all of that are, uh, you know, we break it all out, set it all up, make sure everything's in good repair, nothing needs cleaned, washed, uh, you know, touched up, repaired, rebuilt, whatever. We'll get all that done, get it crated up, get it shipped out. Uh, for shows where we sell merchandise, we sell product. It's an astronomical undertaking. You know, we try to forecast what, you know, historically, if we're selling a cross-section of what we make, uh, we look at, you know, historical averages. Uh, You know, out of every 100 barrels we sell, you know, 35 of them are this, okay, and only one of them might be this. Well, all right, so we're only going to take one of those. We might take 20 of these or 15 of these. And then we're going to fill in, you know, in between, between the highest and the lowest. We're going to try and take a good cross-section uh, anytime we go out to sell product at a show. Let me ask and then, you. That's no so it's all built, tested, packaged. Yeah. Exactly. It's all built, tested, packaged up, uh, shipped, or, you know, in some instances, carried in a vehicle or on a plane, even. Um, well... I'm just thinking, uh, CO2 cartridges on the plane. How how would that? I must say that's 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 a no no, isn't it? It is a no no. <laughs> uh, there there is a federal requirement for the size of CO2 cartridges allowed on a plane. 
uh, I don't manufacture a fill device that fits that cartridge. It is uh, real small, and it's for, uh, uh, I believe, a life preserver. But on the other side is, is that you just get to your destination, hit a Walmart or a Target or any of the big box stores, and just buy a canister. And that's the, ready to go. exactly that's the beauty of the uh, in-home soda technology. The adapters that we manufacture for that uh, is that you can pack your cool fire kit in with your firearm in your checked luggage, uh, fly to your destination, get to your hotel, get you know wherever you're going, uh, get to you know, one of these retailers that deals in the in-home soda technology uh, and get your dry fire training done even in your hotel room. See, that's awesome because, you know, when I used to, tr when I used to travel for my day job, uh, you know, sitting in a hotel room gets really boring, right? It does. It does. Um, and then, it, it, you know, that's when, that's actually, you know, I knew dry fire was before, but I was from the, I was from the old school where you don't dry fire a gun. But really, that's because we were shooting 22s. Exactly. And that's, and, and that's where that mentality started uh, is rimfire. And, you know, yeah. don't you know, you don't want to dry fire your rimfire firearms. And, you know, eventually the, uh, you know, the minds that be in the firearm community uh, squash that as far as center fire and, uh, you know, the community as a whole realize that, uh, you know, not only is it not bad for your firearm, that it does uh, have its own inherent benefit. And then, you know, trainers started to capitalize on that and realize that, you know, muscle memory uh, is critical. It's critical to your skill. It is, totally is. And that's, um, so again, everybody go check out the Cool Fire System. If you're anywhere where there's a retailer, go, go check it out and go, Run in, you know, go talk to John at NRAM. I mean, come and see me. He's filling it up right there. I mean, it's that fast. That fast. That's all it takes. And About three seconds on the bottle. Uh, you're e going to equalize the pressure. I put my laser back on. Uh, we're going to take our, our mag here. And as you can see, everything is lined up the way it's supposed to be. And uh, this is firearm that I carry. And there's my live barrel. That's how quick, like you said, uh, that's how quick it goes. And, I, you know, are we ready? Would anybody like to see it? Yeah. Let's get it done. Now, now that was the gun you actually had at the booth and shot, wasn't it? I did have this one here, yeah. The Hellcat yeah. Pro. Yeah, because I, I remember that because you were like, this is, this is my actual gun. Yeah. This is a uh, firearm that I carry. It's one of them. And, uh, you know, it served me well. And uh, the this is one of the prototype new release kits. And it, it performs uh, very, very well, uh, outperforming possibly uh, some of our previous models. It's That's awesome. That's awesome. So, well, now we're, we're running about 50 minutes here. It's getting yep. late and... Because you're also an hour ahead of me, and it's five o'clock here. Um, yep. Let's wrap up with a, a speed round. It's real, real easy. It's four this or that questions, and then one thinking question. All right. So, for hearing protection, earplugs or earmuffs? Earmuffs. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull a little bit here on your heartstrings. Okay. Nine millimeter or forty-five. 
45. I like it. So, muzzle brake or suppressor? 45. Oh, wait. I'm 45. Stuck. Sorry. Uh, I'd have to say, uh, I'd have to say muzzle brake. Okay. Yeah, there, there's this thing. Everyone tells, they're like, why, they ask me why I don't have a suppressor. I'm like, yeah, that's just not a list that I want to be on right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't uh, subscribe to a lot of the uh, romances in the firearm community. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I had the, um, the attorney general for the state of Montana on one time. We were talking about mm -hmm. some of the, the gun stuff going on. And I asked him, that, I asked him um, the hearing protection question, the earmuffs or, or earplugs. And he, his response was suppressor. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you're, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you got my vote for re-election yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed we it. Had one job. So, rifle or pistol? Your pistol is to get to your rifle. Uh, so I would have to ah. say rifle. Okay. See, I like to say that I'm a pistol guy that wants to be a rifle guy. Ah. Um, you know, you know, I grew up. With pistols, I, I mean, my first rifle I got, uh, I was 10 years old. It's I still have it. It's a uh, Winchester Model 94. Mm -hmm. Love that rifle. You know, I, mm -hmm. I love my rifles. I just, for some reason, pistols, I just gravitated to pistols. But then I learned about this thing called three-gun. And, uh -oh. yeah, and then you're and like. And there goes all your spare time. And there yeah, goes all, all your spare, spare paycheck. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that starts that starts running your life, and then you, that's it when does. you realize that maybe I should have been running some pistols and some, or some rifles and some shotguns all along. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, so, a lot of mine tend to run somewhere in the middle between pistol and rifle. Yeah. So for your last question, all right, I'm going to take you into the world's largest warehouse, and in this warehouse is literally one of every gun that has ever existed, whether it was a prototype or a production pistol or, a produ or, you know, or a production gun. And you can have one. What would you take? The H&K P7 squeeze cocker in 45 ACP. There you go. That's, that's a first. That's a first. That would be the one. What's the romance for that gun for you? Uh, I've shot them. I've carried them in nine. Uh, I believe there is less than a handful ever in existence in 45. So uh, 45 would be my favorite caliber, right? A little bit. Yeah, I think they're all yep. in the gray room. So Awesome. The, the balance and bore height, uh, the safety features of that weapon are just, they're phenomenal for, you know, their the technology of their time. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is, is um, there was a lot of technology. I mean, let's face it. H and K is not a dumb company. I mean, mm -hmm. they're very forward thinking in their firearms. Right. Uh, that was, I, I almost think that that gun was almost ahead of its time. It was so far ahead of its time that, uh, you know, putting a, a blanket over the tooling and turning the lights off, uh, you know, happened, I, in my opinion, about 40 years too soon. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
Well, John, thank you so much for taking time out of your out of your day and out of your personal life there to, to sit there and talk to us about Cool Fire. Thanks for having me and uh, check us out, coolfiretrainer.com or come and see us in person at any of the events that we uh, frequent, uh, MRAM, uh, SHOT Show, you know, all these different places. Check out our website, social media outlets. Uh, we tend to let people know where we're going to be. Awesome. And again, everybody, I will have those links down below to the website and their social media outlets. So that way you can get to Cool Fire super easy. All right. Get you on. John's just got that sense of humor that I love. He's got that dry sense of humor and the two of us just kind of get each other with that. Um, you know, we just, we talked afterwards after the podcast. Um, it was really tough cause I was sick filming that podcast. Um, I was really, really hopped up on some cough meds and stuff, but we talked afterwards and I had a great time just talking to him. He's a, he's a really cool guy. If you're at NRAM, definitely go check out cool fire. Stop by and talk to John. He's an amazing person. Now for the product of the podcast, it is the smart fit sleeve for the AR 10. Now I have the smart fit vice block for the AR 15, but one of the problems I had was, well, I like AR 10s too. And that thing does not fit this thing brand new this year slips right over top of that vice block. You still twist it up and crank it up and this thing fills up and now you can work with an AR 10 and you won't get the wobble. Super, super great idea. Definitely go check this thing out. I'll have a link down below. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a video right there. Click on that. That is easy accuracy upgrades for your AR. It's free floating barrels for ARs. Go check it out. If you're not on YouTube, link down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. I look forward to talking to you again soon.